What is going on, Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You have just K Love tonight. Uh, Steve is ha- like hanging with, hanging with the family, uh, doing some stuff with you know his wife and kids. So Steve, you know, enjoy the day off. I'm going to handle uh, the Chiefs and Raiders tonight. It is the last night of our two days before next week. We go to four days a week, and we get into that real fantasy football. You know, talking about. Tiers of players, sleepers, mid-round draft picks, all that good stuff that you that's going to help you guys as you get ready to enter into your draft seasons. Uh, but like I said, today you just have me and we're going to go through the Chiefs and Raiders. Uh, but first we are going to touch on some uh, injuries and news around camp. Uh, we're going to start it off with Saquon Barkley. Saquon has apparently... like. I, don't know what's like they're playing it very safe with Saquon remember he wasn't able to get that surgery right away I think that he had to wait maybe until like week six or week seven uh even though he was hurt I think in week three last year and he wasn't able to get that surgery right away so it's kind of prolonged his you know ability to get back to um full strength so now they're saying he could possibly be ready by week three um not really ruling out week one but maybe for week one and two he's on a pitch count and you know if you're drafting a running back in the first round you don't really want to see a pitch count for the first two weeks of the season you want to see a guy who's ready to go full steam um you know, I had Saquon personally ranked my as number two. I dropped him back behind Cook uh, for number three. Once all the little, you know, these little tidbits started coming out about him possibly not being ready, but I just believe in Saquon's talent, and I and you know I am not worried about. You know, we saw Wayne Gallman have a have a you know very successful uh, end of last season, and, and Saquon is a ten times better running back than Gallman. Um, so I wasn't worried about the line being weak or you know uh, uh, Daniel Jones holding him back. I, I'm not worried about that. Saquon's too too good of a talent. However, if he can't get on the field, you're going to have to drop him back. I had him at three. Um, I'm now probably dropping him back to. About seven or eight, you know, he's probably he's going to fall behind Kamari. He's going to fall behind Zeke for me, Henry. Um, he's probably going to find behind fall behind Aaron Jones. So that maybe Austin Eckler in PPR leagues after you know our recent podcast where we were talking about Eckler and how he, you know, he could catch an insane amount of balls. I mean, in PPR, like. You know, only thing holding Eckler back is his health. So, you know, but similar thing with Barkley. So, you know, I'd probably put him at eight. I'd probably still draft him ahead of Eckler. I'd probably still draft him ahead of Jonathan Taylor. We'll get into who, you know, we'll get into a little bit. But, uh, you know, definitely someone to keep your eye on with Barkley, with him, you know, possibly not being back until week three and ready to go until then. Uh, Same same team, Kenny Galladay. Uh, pulled up with a hamstring. Uh, seems like he's going to be out for two to three weeks. Um, definitely something to keep your eye on. This might drop him around or, you know, something like that. May keep him in the same spot if he gets back in time um, and shows a little bit. But, you know, 
they just signed him to big money, so they're going to play it safe with his injury and probably try to get him back by week one if they can. Uh, if you hear anything different about him possibly missing time, you might want to drop him a little bit in your draft boards and, you know, maybe he uh, he's going right right now around the fifth, sixth round, fifth round maybe early sixth. Um, I, I can't see him getting out of the sixth round because he's the number one for their team and he is a monster if he's healthy. Uh so I, I do think that people will take a shot on him in the sixth round. But, um, you know, I, I like Galladay personally. I know Steve is not as high on Galladay this year. But I, I think Galladay could have a very good season as number one wide receiver. I, you know, especially with Saquon, you know, kind of drawing that attention in. It's going to allow Galladay to get over the top a little bit. He also was able to run. He runs a lot of crossing routes and, and, and did a lot of that in Detroit and um, he's just a big body, and so, you know, if this guy is able to get back, I, I don't see any reason to drop him. Uh, the, the biggest fear with him is probably Daniel Jones. So, but the hamstring injury is definitely a concern and something you're going to want to uh, keep your eye on. Uh, Justin Jefferson actually went down today with a shoulder sprain. They said it was an AC joint uh, sprain. Um, once again, something to keep your eye on in camp. Um, you know, right now he's back into the second, early third is where he's going. And, you know, for a guy you're drafting that early, you want to make sure he's, he's healthy. You want to make sure that, you know, he's going to be ready to perform, to perform the way he did last year. You know, Justin Jefferson, you know, after those first few weeks where he really wasn't used, um, Jefferson came on and really, you know, put together a, a, you know, one of the better rookie seasons from a wide receiver we've seen. I mean, we saw Odell once he came back from injury, you know, have a monster end of that year with his rookie year. Um, you know, but Jefferson was just very special his his season last year. So, you know, hopefully he gets back healthy and it doesn't really do much to his draft status either. Uh, Dak Prescott, they're basically saying that they're playing it safe with his injury um, to his shoulder. Uh, maybe the first couple weeks they're going to lean heavier on Zeke. So, you know, if you're planning on drafting Zeke, that could be a good thing. Um, you know, maybe they take it easy on Dak for the first few weeks instead of dropping him back 45, 50 times like they were at times last year. Um, you know, maybe they give him 30 to 35 passes and Zeke the ball 25 to 30 times. Um uh, but, you know, this offense could be really good with Dak out there. Um, you know, those three wide receivers with Gallup and Cooper and, and CeeDee Lamb and, you know, Dalton Schultz proved to be an okay player. Blake Jarwin was pretty good. So you get, they got some talent at the, at the tight end position. And then you have Zeke in the backfield that has been able to catch the ball. Um, so with them, they're going to be in. A, they're going to be an elite offense with Dak. So their best thing for them is to preserve him, make sure he gets healthy, make sure he's ready to go. But you know, once again, something to keep in keep your eye on. And if you hear any news about him possibly missing time, then you're going to want to drop him because you know. Well, you know, lower him is in your draft boards. I mean, I have him at. Seven right now. I have him at seven. So he is right behind Russell Wilson for me. I think Russell uh, will probably uh, – actually, he's right behind Lamar. I have Russell at five. I have Lamar at six. Um, Russell's and, – and I have Dak at seven. Um, I don't really f- think that I would move him behind Herbert personally, 
who I have at eight, unless he was going to miss major like a few weeks. But um, at the same time, I, I you know I wouldn't draft Dak. You know I wouldn't draft uh, Herbert. You know ahead of Dak, I would probably just lower Dak and and maybe see if I could get him in at a lower round if this injury is going to be something that uh, you know winds up presenting any kind of problem for him. And last but not least, on injury note, you have Quentin Nelson and Carson Wentz situation. So Wentz, we talked about, uh, I believe, on Monday's podcast, um, you know, had the foot injury. They never really specified what it was. They just said it was a foot injury. It was something that he's dealt with in the past. Well, guess what? Now Quentin Nelson has the same injury, and it's who knows what it is. They're not telling us what the actual injury is. They just know that Quentin Nelson needs the same surgery that Carson Wentz did. And, you know, five to 12 weeks, uh, Quentin Nelson basically said, yo, I'm coming back in five weeks. Don't worry about me. Um, Wentz, you know, Jay Glazer reported yesterday before the, the hall of fame game that, you know, Wentz was, um, going to be back sooner rather than later. So maybe you get Carson Wentz after week one, maybe week two, uh, you know, when he's able to get back there and, and, you know, not miss much time. And if that's the case, that could bode well for the, the, you know, Colts, because we've heard a lot of trade speculation with Foles and Minshew and, you know, other guys. And then you have Rivers possibly, you know, coming back and we know Carson Wentz when they drafted Jalen Hurts, his head wasn't right. So you want to keep him, you, if you're, he, you're basically tied to him. Frank Reich is tied to Carson Wentz at this point. So with that being the case, you want to keep his mind in a good spot. And the last thing you need to do is bring in Phillip Rivers, who is a veteran and probably going to – he's not coming back if, unless he's starting for the year or going to compete to start. and then Or you bring in Foles, who obviously is going to be a problem for Carson Wentz's mental stability. Uh, because of the whole Super Bowl situation. Minshew, I can understand because I don't think Minshew is... I really don't think Minshew is very good uh, and not good enough to give Wentz any kind of competition. But if if Minshew came out and won a couple games and then looked good in the process, who knows how Colts fans would feel. So that would be the thing. Like Wentz uh, looks to be back sooner rather than later. Nelson, you know, he's saying five weeks, six weeks, he'll be back, no problem. Um, a lot of people are just going apeshit dropping Jonathan Taylor in their ranks now or in their draft spot. You know, many people were dropping him into the second round. Um, I will, I probably would as well. I mean, I not too far. Like, I'm not drafting in middle of the second round. Like, if Jonathan Taylor's there in the, at the, the one-two turn, um, I'm snatching him because this guy is a freak of a talent and... You know, we saw what he did last year when he was given a, a more of a workload after week one and week two. So, um, yeah, I I wouldn't go. I'm not I'm not losing my mind over Taylor. You know, Quentin Nelson, that injury definitely worried me a little bit more. The Wentz injury didn't bother me. I mean, let's be honest. Like, who we don't even know how Jacob Eason looks. We don't know how Jacob Eason's going to play. If Jacob if Jacob Eason comes out and looks good in the in the first half of the first week defenses are going to change the way they play the Colts because obviously the, the way they're going to play the Colts to start off is they're going to make they're going to stack the box Taylor's probably going to have a rough you know start to week one um you know and they're going to make and they're going to see what Eason can do and if Eason 
looks okay and he can, you know, he's he's playing well enough, it's going to force defenses to back up a little bit because you're not going to if you're if stacking the box isn't working, you can't just continue to stack the box, plain and simple. So, you know, we don't know how Jacob Eason is going to play. And with that being the case, you can't say, okay, well, Jonathan Taylor is just going to be terrible because there's no Carson Wentz. That makes no sense. Carson Wentz, to me, has no bearing on Jonathan Taylor's status. Quentin Nelson does. Quentin Nelson is the best right guard, best guard period in football. And with him not being there, that could present a problem. However, like I said, he says he's gonna he's gonna be back on the lower spectrum of five to six weeks. He said he's getting back ASAP, so don't worry about him. So we'll see how that goes. But like I said, I, maybe I'm dropping. I've dropped Taylor now to about uh, ten in my running back ranks. You know, uh, and I'm but I'm snatching him at the one two turn. I'm snatching him may, probably thirteenth now, um, and. You know, I I just I believe in Jonathan Taylor's talent, and you know if he, um, you know if he's given the workload, I, I still think he'll be successful regardless of who play who plays quarterback. Um, now, moving on to just a couple, I'm gonna throw three things out late round sleeper news. Uh, so Donovan Peoples Jones has been lighting it up. Apparently, um, he was a guy that was connecting with. Um, Baker, Baker, Baker Mayfield had connected with, he had a perfect passer rating with, with Donovan Peoples Jones when throwing to him. Um, you know, apparently he's having a good camp. So, you know, definitely somebody you want to keep your eye on, maybe especially in best ball. Cause you know, you get him late in best ball. Best ball is one of those things where if this guy has a big week, you know, it could, it could do good things for you. And you know, he's not going to cost you a lot. Um, just somebody to keep your eye on in the in the double digit rounds, late double digit rounds. Um, Xavier Jones, Sean McVay's has really been encouraged by his training camp. Uh, they have talked about running a committee, so it doesn't seem like Daryl Henderson's going to be the go to guy right now, uh, from what they're telling us. Um, obviously, coach speak. We don't know how much truth is going to be to that, but uh, you know, right now, you know. You have Henderson, you have Xavier Jones back there. They're probably going to be bringing a veteran. They probably have some other guys, but the two that are being talked about from a fantasy aspect are Jones, are Henderson and Jones. And with Jones, you know, with McVay saying he's encouraged by Jones, you might want to be able to take a take a shot on Jones in the twelfth or thirteenth round because he could see he could see some time if Henderson goes down or you know if Henderson's not performing. Or if he's just that good. So, you know, definitely a guy to keep your eye on. And Nikhil Harry, I don't know if this is co- this is just hype because he wanted to be traded and they're trying to develop a little hype so that he's out of there. But apparently Nikhil Harry has been outstanding in Patriots camp. Uh, I would think he would have to be considering they brought in a bunch of people to replace his ass. So, you know, those are th- some three sleepers. Um, last night, we... Had our first taste of preseason football. Um, you had the Steelers and the Cowboys. The Steelers wound up winning the game in the end, but it was not really entertaining for the for the first two and a half quarters that I watched. I wound up, you know, turning it off. Um, you know, midway through the third, late third quarter, I, I wound up checking out of the game. But uh, you know, in the beginning, you know, Najee was getting all the work. 
Definitely something you love to see. Claypool made a huge, a great catch. Wound up getting the wind knocked out of him because he landed on the ball, but he made an outstanding catch out there. Um, you know, Johnson was getting a ton of targets. Claypool, Mason Rudolph was hitting Claypool on like a, a seven, eight yard out multiple times. And, and Claypool was just wide open and Rudolph was putting it on the dime. So definitely something you could see in, uh, you know, once the regular season hits with with Ben and Claypool because he was wide open every time. He was just, you know, seven yards, run a quick out, and, you know, the pass was was money. So, you know, but overall, uh, from the Dallas side, there's not really much you can talk about because their starters really didn't play. So, but it was good to see Najee Harris get a little bit of work. Um, I think he averaged like 3.6 yards per carry. Um, I know he had a five-yard run, a couple, you know, but he didn't break anything big. Um, had a catch in the game, had a catch early on. So, you know, he's going to be their go-to guy. He's going to be the workhorse, which we love to see. We love to see guys that could touch the ball 300 times um, from the running back position. Najee could be a guy that year, this year. And, uh, you know, if that's the case, I know that people are worried about the line and, you know, things of that nature, but 300 touches is 300 touches, man. And, you know, even if he rushes for, you know, a thousand yards because in a bad year, but still gets, you know, 65 catches for another 350, 400 yards, you know, you're, you're talking about a guy who's probably going to finish as an RB1. So, uh, definitely liked the uh, opportunities that Najee Harris was getting in that game. All right, everyone. So we're going to move on to the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to start it off there. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes. He is the first quarterback off the board, obviously. Um, he is being drafted in round two, pick 22 overall. Um, so 209, excuse me, is his selection. Um I'm not going to have Patrick Mahomes in many leagues because I will not take a quarterback in the second round. But if he dipped into the middle of the third, I would. Um, that's how much I think this guy gives to you as a as the number one quarterback. Um, middle of the third round, I think, is a value for him. And why the reason I say that is because... So I know you have Josh Allen... And Kyler Murray, many people. I have Kyler number two, Josh Allen number three. Um, you know those guys are going fourth, beginning of the fifth sometimes, but mostly fourth round. The rushing for both of those players, um, the rushing touchdowns for Johnson and the well, and or for yeah Johnson, the rushing touchdowns for uh, Josh Allen. And the rushing, and really the rushing touchdowns and yards combined for Kyler Murray, um, you know, really is an important part of why they were so successful from a fantasy aspect. Um, I would think that Josh Allen, they want to try to minimize that. They just paid him today, gave him $250 million, 150 guaranteed. I don't think they want him rushing the ball as much, running the ball as much. I think they hope Zach Moss can be a little bit more of a of a you know plunger at the goal line and not have to worry about you know Josh Allen running into you know two and three guys to break the the goal line. Uh, so that might be a concern. And you know Kyler's just a little guy; he does his great job at avoiding hits, but. 
you know, that rushing is definitely something you're going is something that's a little bit scary for me because you could never really predict the rushing output of players uh, of, of quarterbacks and Mahomes while he rushes the ball here and there and he's going to get his rushing yards he's going to possibly throw for 5000 5, he's going to possibly throw for 40 40 50 touchdowns like this guy is all world he's the best quarterback in the NFL bar none and if like i said if he dips into that middle of the third round i think he's his consistency is that much an advantage i would take the shot in the, in there i probably i definitely wouldn't take a quarterback in the second round um but more than likely in most drafts with regular fantasy players you know he's going to go in the first or second round. There's there's drafts where he's going to go in the first round because people are just like, oh, I need I need Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, let those guys take Mahomes. You know, he, the difference between these guys, um, you know, and their, uh, you know, these guys and their points per game. I mean, I think Patrick Mahomes last year was around 27 points per game, and and you know you can that. Average passer, so on a week in week out basis, there was sixteen quarterbacks on average that threw or that scored twenty two fantasy points every week. So every week you have a guy that's going to put up. Every week you have sixteen quarterbacks that are going to score at least twenty two fantasy points. If that's the case, then. That five point difference when you got to spend that kind of draft capital is, you know, it's a big deal because, you know, you can make that up in, you can make that up with another quarterback and say, you know, uh, you know, in the second round where you're getting Joe Mixon or CEH or, or, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is going is sometimes dropping that far. Like you get those players, those are game breaking players, and you know Mahomes is as well. But Mahomes, other quarterbacks at the position are able. I don't want to say able to do what Mahomes does from a fantasy from a fantasy perspective, but they're but you know obviously last year Kyler and Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers all finished ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Rodgers was being drafted in like the tenth round last year or ninth round. So, you know, you there's there's you can draft him that high, but there is, you know, he, it doesn't guarantee that he's going to be the number one quarterback. And, you know, you don't want to draft a guy that high and wind up, you know, he he wind up, you know, not really not finishing his number one because. When you're spending on a quarterback, when you're spending that kind of capital, you need him to perform the be the number one quarterback because other quarterbacks can essentially score twenty to twenty five fantasy points every week, and you know that pretty much speaks for itself. Um, running back is Ceh. He is being drafted thirteenth um, running back off the board. Middle of the second round with the fifth pick in the second round. Um, I think CEH as a PPR back may not be too bad. I mean, I'm not as high on him, I think. And the reason why is because really last year he wasn't a very good pass catcher. I mean, he was taking for his pass catching ability. And I think Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift both showed that they can catch the ball just as well out of the backfield as CEH was last year. Um 
you know, Swift especially. Swift Swift's receiving games last year were out of this world, and he's a better running back. I I don't know how the Chiefs missed on that because I if they had, had if they drafted DeAndre Swift, they would be in such a better position. And, and we've had this conversation on the podcast before, but. CEH for me, mainly I don't even think I'm taking him in the second round in a standard, in a standard maybe even not even a half PPR. I'm probably waiting in the third round, which means I probably won't get him PPR. I probably would draft him late in the second round. So yeah, I would probably wait uh, until you know end of the second round to draft him in PPR leagues, and, and at that point you may not get him. Uh, and you know. I'm not stressing over CEH very much. Um, you know, I like Joe Mixon. He's going in the, like the middle of the second round. Um, and if I might, you know, like I said, DeAndre Hopkins signs, winds up making it to the middle of the second round at times. You know, he would probably go, for me, 10th pick in the second round. And that's in a 12-team league. So, you know, that's one, you know, that's probably why, that's probably where I would have CEH, and, and most of the time I probably won't wind up getting him because people are, you're going to have one or two people in your leagues that are just, they're going to be a little higher on them. All right, so wide receiver position, you have Tyreek Hill. Not much to say about Tyreek Hill. He's been outstanding for, you know, the last couple years. Um, not really much that you are going to expect, um, you know, to decline. The guy is, you know, he's playing with a quarterback that's perfectly suited for him. Um, that quarterback, uh, you know, is able to throw the ball like 80 yards down the field, and he's so fast that he can run down the field before anybody actually is able to run down the field and catch up to him. So, um, you know, he's not the big, the best PPR guy, which is why in PPR I think I would rather have Diggs um, and Adams first. Um, but he's a guy in standard leagues, half PPR leagues. He might jump to number one for me. And the reason why is because the yardage that he's going to, I mean, this is a guy capable of putting up a 16, 1700 yard season. Um, and you know, he, he can, he's proven to be able to score 15 touchdowns in a year. So, you know, uh, he'll just is what it is, you know, he's a number one, uh, you know, a number one wide receiver in fantasy, he's a top five wide receiver in fantasy, he's probably somebody that's going in the back end of the first round, uh, and that's kind of where he deserves to go, you know, he's been able to to put up that kind of production and prove that he's, you know, he's, he's no, you know, Mahomes' favorite weapon, and he's a deep threat, and he's going to be a guy that's going to score an insane amount of fantasy points. And, you know, I remember last year, I mean, I, I was that I played against, uh, the guy in, you know, the league that I'm in with Steve. Um, I played against the guy who had Tyreek Hill the, the week he played Tampa Bay. Uh, do we remember that week? No. And I'm not talking about the Super Bowl. the week where Tyreek Hill had three touchdowns and 200 and something yards in the first half. And I was sitting there looking like, by halftime, the dude had like 48 fantasy points. I'm like, what? Do, what like, I have no shot here. <laughs> like, what is, what is this? So, you know, the guy's capable of blowing up every week he, in best ball. You know, Tyree Kill to me in best ball is like easily the first wide receiver off the board. I might take him like 
after you know the first few running backs go off the board, I think Tyreek Hill is probably like the fifth pick for me in in best ball because this guy this guy literally can blow up and win weeks all the time. So, you know, for me, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill is basically where he's going. He's going in the back end of the at the first round. He's the twelfth pick off the board, second wide receiver. Um, I would draft him third wide receiver in PPR leagues because of the, you know, his catches are going. He's probably going to be around the seventy to seventy-five catch range, and you know, Diggs will probably catch a hundred balls, and those twenty-five extra fantasy points from from, you know, the PPR standpoint are probably, you know, what would, um, you know, probably what would push me over the edge with Diggs over Hill in PPR. Um, the other wide receiver being drafted is Mecole Hardman. I was high on Mecole last year. I thought last year he had a chance to break out. Didn't really happen. This year, there's no Sammy Watkins there. Um, you have heard that McCole Hardman has been the guy in in the you know the wide receiver two spot for um, Kansas City. Uh, and if that's the case, getting him at the end at the you know ten in the tenth round, double digit rounds, he's once again, he's a flyer to take, you know, and he's not a bad flyer. This offense is such a good offense. It's a high flying. It's going to score a lot of points. And when you score a lot of points, that means you're scoring a lot of fantasy points. So, you know, you typically want good, want players on good offenses in these later rounds. And McCole Hartman is probably on the best offense there is. So, you know, as a late round flyer, I, you know, I don't really have much more to add. He's the guy that, uh, you know, guy with a ton of speed. He could get down the field quick. Um, he's able to take sleeves. We've seen him take slants, you know, 70 yards. We've seen him take end arounds. Uh, the guy can do it all. The guy can do basically everything Tyreek Hill does except what Tyreek Hill does, essentially. You know, but, um, you know, I think this year could be the year McCole Hartman breaks out. Uh, but at the same time, I thought that last year, um, Sammy Watkins was just in his way. He's a veteran, and you know they gave him that that right. So this year, I, I would I would support drafting McCall Hardman again in the tenth round, where he's going. He's the second pick in the tenth round. So, um, and of course Travis Kelsey. So I, so Kelsey to me is clearly the number one tight end. He is a first-round pick this year. This really hasn't happened too much in fantasy where a tight end has just blasted his way into the first round. And I love it because I completely agree. I would take Kelsey with my seventh pick. I would consider him with number seven. Um, You know, the guy is such an advantage at that position. George Kittle has not been able to stay healthy um, when he's been on the field. Um... You know, Darren Waller has been very, very good, uh, you know, and he would be my number two tight end, but he's not doing what Kelsey's doing from a standpoint of touchdowns, and, you know, he will catch the ball as much, he will catch the ball as much, but Oakland's offense isn't scoring as many touchdowns, which means Waller's not scoring as many touchdowns. Also, like, we've talked about the difference in what Kelsey brings compared to, like, Every other tight end from four down to maybe 16 in, you know, PPR format 
averaged between 12, 10 and 12 fantasy points per game. Kelsey was up at like 18. So, you know, having that kind of advantage at the tight end position is extremely worth it because, you know, if you, I, I'm interested to see, I, I got to look it up. And what I'm going to do is probably look that up and, and, and maybe I'll give you that as a stat on the next podcast. But I want to see the percentage of leagues that their champion or one, I, I would love to see their champion or their, um, you know, somebody in the championship. So one of the two championship players, I guarantee you one of those two teams had Travis Kelsey. Guaranteed. Because in most leagues, because when you have that kind of advantage at one at the tight end position, it just makes your life so much easier. Whereas guys are like struggling to find guys. Like you're you're picking, you know, you might have had Hawkinson last year, and you're like, oh great, you know, Hawkinson's giving me this. One week he gets a five, the next week he gets a sixteen, and so yeah, his average looks great, like a ten and a half, eleven point game, but. When you factor in that Kelsey is putting up 17, 18 every week consistently, it's just like, man, that 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 guy is so worth a first-round pick. I Like I said, I would consider him at 7. Right now he's going at 9. Um, you know, there's nothing more that needs to be said. He is an awesome player, and he's proven to be uh, the best tight end in football for years. So we are now going to talk, I'm going to get into the offensive line and defense. So um, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, this is kind of a middle-of-the-pack defense uh, from a fantasy aspect. Um, You know, Chris Jones is still there, um, hogging up the middle. Frank Clark's there, but Frank Clark, since getting paid, has really underperformed for this team. Um, You know, Legereus Sneed was... You know, kind of a very good player, a very good pickup later in the in the rookie draft last year, um, and and you know was kind of a surprise, and he'll be their number one corner. But the fact that you know this guy going, you know, he was drafted, you know, back end of the rookie draft last year, and he's now your number one cornerback doesn't really say a lot about your secondary. They got the honey badger, but the honey badger's more of he will defend the tight end but he's kind of more of a run stopper and a guy that's like you remember how Seattle was playing Jamal Williams man that or Jamal Adams it was very similar like blitzing him off the edge trying to get him to the quarterback things of that nature and you know there was you know, the the Super Bowl you saw like Tom Brady was was not afraid to go at him so you know to me this defense is Probably not one you're really drafting for fantasy. You're not really, you know, they're not going to give you a ton of fantasy points, mainly because they're going to be on the field a lot because the offense is going up and down the field and scoring so much and putting them on the field. And, you know, they're just really not, they're going to be in a lot of shootouts. So, you know, to me, Kansas City, uh, probably around 17, 18 for me as far as their defense. Their offensive line to me is very good. So they lost Eric Fisher, uh, lost Mitchell, Mitchell Schwartz, but they traded for Orlando Brown from the Ravens. Um, if you remember, Orlando Brown came in when Ronnie Stanley got hurt and did an insane job and didn't want to go back to right tackle because he wanted to get paid more. So now he said, you know, they decided to trade him. He winds up in Kansas City now as a left tackle. He's going to wind up getting a, a nice contract if he hasn't already. I can't remember if he got paid when he when they made the trade. 
But, you know, that, and then they bring in Joe Tooney. Joe Tooney is, you know, with the Patriots. He has been an awesome guard for years with them. And, you know, really just been, you know, not really much more to say. The guy's been a monster for for years. Um, You know, they get um, uh, Duvernay Tardif back. Um, You know, he opted out. He was the guy that opted out to... You know, be a nurse in Canada for COVID. So he opted out and, you know, um, he's basically going to go into a competition with Kyle Long uh, to try and be the right guard. The right tackle is Mike Remmers, who's basically an average tackle. Um, you know, not really the greatest, but he's going to hold it down for, you know, what he needs to do on the right side. And then you're going to have Austin Blythe uh, play center. Um, and he's the same thing. He's you know, he was with the Rams last season, um, and he was like the tenth center according to PFF. So, you know, they, their offensive line is one of the best in the NFL. PFF has them ranked around seven, um, and with that being the case, you know, it's going to bode well for this offense um, when you're, you know, able to work behind an offensive line that's giving you a lot of protection. So, now we'll move on to the Oakland Raiders. So. Quarterback Derek Carr. Derek Carr is only really draftable in two quarterback leagues. Um, you know, he'll have his weeks where he's good, and then he'll have his weeks where he's bad. Um, he's, you know, really not much more to add. I mean, he he's... So, last year he took some more deep shots than he typically has. You know, he was, he was throwing deep to Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar's not there, but they do have Henry Ruggs and John Brown, both who are speed guys. Um, but that being the case, like, it doesn't necessarily mean this guy's just going to start airing the ball out again. Um, he's Waller's going to, to wind up leading the team in targets, and that's that's kind of what their offense is. And, you know, it doesn't really make Derek Carr that exciting of a, of a fantasy football player because, you know, his his fantasy scoring is going to be capped because he doesn't throw the ball down the field. He's, he's not, you know, he's not throwing for a ton of touchdowns. He doesn't have the really the weapons on the outside to, you know, um, boost his play in any kind of way. And, you know, ultimately, you know, for me, Derek Carr is, is you know, even, you know, he's the guy that I don't even try to get in two quarterback leagues. I'd rather try. <laughs> I look for other players, and I'd rather get Ben. Big Ben's probably being drafted around the same spot. Um, you know, if I could get... Sam, I would take I would take Sam Darnold. I would take a shot on Sam Darnold before I took Derek Carr in a two quarterback league, um, just because Sam Darnold has has very good weapons on the outside. He has CMC behind him who he can dump the ball off to, and I would just I just think that Sam Darnold actually has very good talent that he just hasn't been able to, you know, portray being with the New York Jets and Adam Gase for years. And I think we're going to see a pretty good Sam Darnold this year. Um, but I would rather have him. I'd rather take a shot on him than, than Derek Carr. That's just the way I feel. So the running back uh, is Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake. Um, Josh Jacobs, to me, is one of the best values in this draft. Um the reason I say that is because right now he's going in like the back end of the third round, beginning of the fourth round at times. And 
you know, people are just like uh, so scared about the the signing of Kenyon Drake. You know, like Kenyon Drake is some kind of superstar that's going to cut it. Like Devontae Booker had a ton of carries last year. He was getting a massive amount of work. People were mad that he was getting so much work, but Josh Jacobs was still performing. I think Josh, Josh Jacobs finished as like the number. Uh, I'm gonna look it up now, but I'm pretty sure he was the number seven or eight. I'm pretty sure he was number eight running back in fantasy when it was all said and done. I'm looking it up right now. Take this pause out, Steve. Yes, he was, so yeah, he finished as number eight running back in 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 uh, fantasy last year. Uh, it's standard. Let's check out PPR and see where he was. Yeah, number eight. So even with Booker cutting into his workload the way he was, you know. Josh Jacobs was still a top ten running back in the in you know, you're getting this guy in the fourth round at times. So to me, he's just one of the best values in the draft. I don't think much is going to change. I just think Kenyon Drake comes in here. Kenyon Drake essentially was a guy that you know the Cardinals thought he could be a go-to back. They signed him for a one year, gave him the opportunity to be, you know, their number one guy, and he just didn't perform well and so they, with him going to free agency the Raiders said look no he's not a number one running back but guess what he'll be a very solid number two running back behind our stud of a running back in Josh Jacobs and I think that's perfect for Kenyon Drake it allows him to be a good pass catcher out of the backfield it allows him to get you know 100 to 120 carries next year and you know he's a guy that's going to probably touch the ball you know 160 165 times and be very useful um, in PPR leagues and, and in bye week situations because Devontae Booker was last year. Devontae Booker, you know, every week was touching the ball a ton. So, you know, another guy, you know, to me, he's going, you know, is uh, I'm sorry. Another guy is, you know, with Drake going, he's going around the area of A.J. Dillon. He's going around the area of Gus Edwards. He's going around the area of... Uh, let's see who else is in that area. He is going in the area of Devin Singletary, James Conner, Zach Moss, you know, David Johnson. These are all guys right within, you know, 70, within 10, 11 picks of, you know, Kenyon Drake. And he's basically, you know, he's where he needs to be. You know, I would rather have Drake over Dylan. I don't, you know. Everybody's so excited about Dylan. I mean, I don't, I didn't see anything from Dylan last year that made me think like, oh, he's, you know, he's going to get so much work this year. I know they've used Jamal Williams in the past, but they also just paid Aaron Jones a shit ton of money. So, you know, we're going to have to see how that plays out. But I'd rather take Drake. I'd rather, you know, and see what he's able to do in that Devontae Booker role. Um, so yeah, I mean, moving on to the wide receiver position, you have Henry Ruggs. And John Brown, um, you have Brian Edwards, you have Hunter Renfro. None of those guys are being drafted. John Brown in 12-team leagues right now is not being drafted um, because he's – who knows where he's at. Like, you, we're hearing they're working with the first team, and the first team is Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, and Hunter Renfro. They brought in John Brown. To me, John Brown is probably the, mo the most proven wide receiver on this roster, and yet he can't get on the field. So – 
With that being the case, nobody's being drafted about Hen except Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs going the 11th round with pick one. 48th wide receiver off the board, 126th player, and I love taking a shot on Henry Ruggs. Let's not forget this guy was a first-round talent. Let's not forget that he was the first wide receiver off the board last year in the draft. I, you know, he was injured at the beginning of last year. Really don't think he ever got healthy. He made some plays. I think he had that one game. I'm trying to think of who they were playing. Was it Tampa? I think it was Tampa. But he made a couple plays on the sideline and then, bang, hurt his ankle, twisted his ankle, was out. And it's just like, I think, you know, we've heard that this guy put on, you know, 12 pounds, that he's trying to bulk up a little bit to be a little, to, you know, withstand the NFL grind. And, you know, to me, I'm I'm ready for it. I really love taking a shot. I, I get Henry Ruggs in just about every league because... Like I said, he guy was a first round talent. He has the ability, um, coming out of Alabama, to be a very successful football player. Let's not forget that after one year. So, you know, to me, he's an out. He's one of the best sleepers. He's going to be a sleeper that I talk about because what we saw with Derek Carr last year throwing to Nelson Aguilar. I just think that Henry Ruggs can do that. A healthy Henry Ruggs can do that same thing. And I think we're going to get a chance to see it this year, which I'm ready for. And sign me up for Henry Ruggs. Um, tight end is Darren Waller. Uh, we really don't have to get into Darren Waller too, too much. Because, um, you know, Waller, he's going to get a ton of targets. I have Waller ranked ahead of Kittle. The reason why I have him ranked ahead of Kittle is because the targets and the touchdowns. He's going to score more touchdowns. Kittle has never scored more than five touchdowns. Nobody on, nobody that catches passes for San Fran scores more than five touchdowns. Kittle is injury risk. Kittle has a quarterback situation that is very undecided, and we don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, even if Derek Carr goes down, Mariota's a very valuable replacement. We saw that in the one game that he played last year. So... If that winds up being the case, I'm perfectly fine with, you know, continuing with Waller. And so, you know, with that being, you know, with that being the situation for me, Waller is my number two tight end. Right now he's being drafted the back of the second round and I'm all over it. I would take Darren Waller at, I would take Waller ahead of CEH. We talked about where CEH is going, um, where I would take CEH. I would take Waller first. The reason why is because I need that dominant advantage at tight end. And Waller provides one of those dominant advantages. Not as much as Kelsey, not as much to get him in the first round, but he is much better than the rest of these guys that are, you know, basically giving you, you know, I think Waller was around 14, 15 fantasy points per game last year, um, but he had some really big games. And, He's giving you games where, you know, he's proving that he's worth this this value. Um, he was one of the best picks last year to me. In the fifth round, you're getting a tight end that finishes number two. That's that's awesome. You know, so, you know, Waller to me in the second round is, is definitely a guy I like taking. Um, you know, if I miss on Kelsey, if I'm, you know, at that spot, you look, you know, usually you wind up, you know, drafting one of those top running backs. And then when it gets back around, you have an option of, do I want to get a second running back? Maybe I can snag DeAndre Hopkins. Some people like Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, um, Justin Jefferson, uh, AJ Brown might be there. These are guys that are going at the kind of in the back end of that second round. So you can make a choice there. Do you want to take Waller 
um, there? Do you want to chance it that he makes it back to you? Do you want to take one of those guys? And if Waller's gone, maybe you're able to get Kittle. So those are decisions you're going to have to make in your draft. Um, I like Waller, and the reason why I like Waller is, like I said, I think he's more he's more of a stable pick than George Kittle because Kittle has a quarterback situation that, situation that we don't really, um, you know, we're unaware of. Even if Trey Lance gets in there. I do think Kittle will be good because you can't avoid throwing the ball to Kittle. At the same time, I don't want a guy who, you know, I don't want a guy who has never scored more than five touchdowns and who has been injury concerned for the last few years. So, you know, give me Waller over Kittle if I, you know, if I have that opportunity. All right. So now we are going to get into the defense and. Uh, offensive line for the Raiders. Um, so real quick, the Raiders defense. So this is going to sound a little like I actually like the players on the Raiders defense. They just haven't been able to put it together for a successful fantasy season. But you got Yannick and Dockway, who they bring in from uh, Baltimore last year. I think was where he was at. That's a great signing. He was one of the you know big defensive end signings, one of the bigger signings in the NFL. Um, you have Cleveland Farrell, who they drafted a couple years ago with Max Crosby. Both of those guys were drafted in the same draft. Crosby was actually better in the rookie year, but I think Farrell has improved and gotten better. Um, you have Quentin Jefferson, Jonathan Hankins, Gerald McCoy, and Solomon Thomas, all in that the interior of that line. That defensive line is very talented. Um, you know they're a little older, but like they're able to they're they're going to get a nice pass rush and you know like I said they're they're just very they have some depth at that at that spot um on the front four. Um Corey Middleton Corey Littleton in the middle um longtime Rams linebacker veteran player um nothing you know not not one of those guys that just jumps off the screen at you, but at the same time he's not somebody that's gonna kill you. He's a very good player and to me, you know uh, perfect, perfect veteran to lead that team. You have Casey Hayward, uh, Trayvon Mullen at the cornerback, Jonathan Abram and um, Trevin Morig at and at the in, you know the safety spot. You have Carl Joseph in the back there, da- Damon Arnett, Russell Douglas at the depth. They have a lot. They have a lot of names, people that you know. They have a lot of players, a lot of depth. Carl Joseph is is their backup safety. This guy, his rookie year was a monster. People were comparing him to Cam Chancellor. So like. You know, to me, this defense could be good. It's all about them putting it together and, uh, you know, making, um, you know, kind of making it making it work. Uh, you're not drafting them in fantasy. I'm not saying that. But it could wind I'm not – I wouldn't be surprised if it winds up being a defense that, you know, maybe people wind up drafting uh, if they're able to get pressure on the quarterback uh, with those guys that um, – you know that I talked about up front with with Indakwe and and um, you know Farrell and and Max Crosby. You know those are three defensive ends that can definitely develop pressure. Their offensive line not as good. So um, Colton Miller, um, you know, basically has improved to average. He was terrible as a rookie in 2018. He's improved to be an average player uh, at left tackle. Um, They just drafted Alex Leatherwood. He's expected to be their right tackle. Many people think that he projects as a guard better. Um, 
but we'll have to see on that. I mean, he was good at Alabama. Most linemen from Alabama work out. But, you know, we're going to have to see. Leatherwood was, you know, he was very good in Alabama, you know, but he's a rookie. We're going to have to see how that plays out. Richie Incognito is a left guard. He's kind of, you know, gotten past the whole bullying scandal and kind of stayed under the radar the last few years and, you know, really has kind of just developed a nice little spot with Gruden in that, in, you know, on that line. I think he's been there since Gruden's got there. Um, you know, another one that just hasn't been great. He's, you know, below, pretty below average, but you know, he's not somebody that's going to absolutely kill you. He's a veteran and he knows how to play the game. You have Denzel good on the right side. He, you know, was not very good. 59th out of 84, uh, you know, according to PFF at guard, um, you know, center Rodney Hudson was traded. Um, so it's basically going to be a, bit, a battle between Andre James and Nick Martin. Um, you know, Martin was the center for the Texans last year. He's more of a pass protector, not very good uh, run blocker. And Andre James was absolutely horrible when given chance last year. So, you know, that's up in the air. I, I would suggest it. I would assume it winds up being Martin because of the experience. But neither one of those guys is going to give you what Hudson did. And Hudson was kind of you know, declining and even a declining Hudson is better than both of those guys. So they're kind of strapped there, but you know, this line is not, you know, doesn't really project to be very good. Um, could be all right, but we'll have to wait and see if, if any of these guys improve Leatherwood's going to be a big, you know, big, you know, one of the big cogs there to see how much this line can improve. Um, so that's it guys. That is it for tonight's podcast. Um, you know, we'll be back on Monday. Uh, we are going to talk about top-tier quarterbacks, get into, you know, Mahomes, Allen. You know, we're going to, I guess, you know, we'll be talking about Patrick Mahomes again. Um, so we'll be back with talking about top-tier quarterbacks, uh, probably just get into the whole quarterback position as a whole. Um, you know, we're going to get into tiers of, of those players next week and, you know, Get get you guys ready for where who you want in specific rounds and specific areas of the draft, so that you guys are one hundred percent prepared uh, in this draft season. So, until next time, guys. Peace out.